Praise the Lord, I'm Bill McMurdo. This is the second in our series of the being the Isaiah 60 generation. So much in Isaiah 60 that I've been sharing of late and I just feel there's so much more that the Holy Spirit wants to bring out. So let's just read into it a little bit in God's Word. In Isaiah chapter 60 it says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Now, arise doesn't just mean, it's the Hebrew word kum, and it doesn't just mean a, a, a vertical rising, it, it also means to to be established, to to present yourself, to to come to the place that you're meant to be in. In other words, when he's saying arise, shine, he's saying uh, be who you're meant to be, uh, step up to the plate. And that's the meaning here, I think, more than even just the vertical thing. Um, he's saying, be who you're supposed to be. Step into your destiny. And Isaiah 60 is all about the prophetic destiny of God's people. And that, of course, has a national application. I believe in this time we're looking at, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm here in Scotland and uh, I have that in mind and I have Britain in mind, but also other haven nations in this particular time in the earth. Uh, when we see the forces of Antichrist, Babylon, Leviathan, seeking to bring about prison planet lockdown and very much to silence the voice of believers and voice the voice of the church. So he's saying, Arise, shine, the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And we looked at some of that in our first lesson, and I don't feel it's time to go off of that and move on to other parts of this chapter, I want to continue just look at that very first word, arise. Uh, and of course, in Isaiah chapter 60, there's a couple of books I did mention last time, I'll say them again. Uh, Wanda Alger's From Sword to Scepter, all about moving or transitioning, if you like that word, transitioning from spiritual warfare, where you're in the trenches fighting uh, demons and fighting the enemy, to a place where you're seated with Christ in heavenly places and you have a far more strategic understanding of the battle that we're in today. And, you know, when you're in the headquarters and you have your finger on the nuclear button, that's far more powerful and far more a place of authority than standing in the trenches with a machine gun or a rifle. The other book, and we're going to be looking at some of this, is Kelly Varner's Secrets of the Ascended Life, and Isaiah 60 is all about, I believe, living above what's going on in planet Earth, living above the circumstances, living above trials, living above tribula sorry, tribulations, living above uh, that which is assailing us right now and getting into a place of dominion and authority over the enemy. Just some of the things that, that I'm taking out of Secrets of the Ascended Life, which I want to share with you, because... We are looking at a rising, and, and there is that vertical aspect. There is that ascendedness uh, to it all. And um, it says here in this book, he says, some of the things Kelly Varner says, now in Isaiah chapter 60, it's, uh, there's a reference to Zion. And, and Zion is one of those mysterious, mystical words, if you like, in Scripture that meant the old fortress city of David. Um, and that was in Jerusalem, but it also has a an application. There's a heavenly Zion, 
uh, it says in Hebrews, you're coming to Mount Zion, and it's referring to that heavenly dimension. So there's a Zion that is indicative and emblematic of spiritual reality that is the uh, where the people of God and, and the home of God, i.e. there's a heavenly dimension to this. So Zion is all of God's people, both in heaven and in earth. You're coming, he's saying you're coming to Mount Zion and he's talking to living saints. So we who are alive right now um, are, are also, and those who have gone on and passed on to glory, we're, we're all Mount Zion. Okay, does that make sense? So he says here, Kelly Varner, I, I agree with this so much. Zion represents the corporate overcomer within the church. I don't think Zion is all Christians. Um, from a functional point of view. Now, let, let me explain what I mean by that. Everybody that's saved is saved. But you might be saved, but not an overcomer. You might be living a subpar, sub, substandard life where you're succumbing to fear, especially right now with all this carry-on that's going on on planet Earth. And and you're you're governed by that fear, and you're ruled by fear. And so you, you, you're you not functioning in faith. Now, it's it's like when the disciples were in the boat with Jesus, and he, and they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? And he says, why are, you, why are you so scared? Why are you so fearful? And then it says, after he rebuked the wind and the waves, they were exceeding fearful. Because what happened was that they had exchanged, Jesus had caused them to exchange their fear of the storm for the fear of God. Because a greater one than the storm stood up and rebuked the storm. And right now, if you're going through fear with all this uh, panic and protocols of um, the virus that's going on right now, and all the implications of that and hearing about chips and fear, mark of the beast. And you're scared of all that. Jesus is saying there's one greater than that. And you need to exchange the fear of those things for the fear of God. And that itself will bring you into Zion or the overcomer dimension. Um, so Zion isn't for every Christian. It's for every Christian in the sense every Christian can, can be part of Zion. But Zion is the corporate overcomer. So there are, there are many Christians that are, that are not going to uh, overcome, but they're being overcome. And we need to, we need to pray about that, okay? Um, but, you know, the Bible says there's a, a great falling away. Who's going to fall away? God's people must, there must be an, a, an element of this that we have to think about, that there will be a falling away. And who's going to fall away? It's going to be the people of God. Uh, so there's a potential there's a potential that you can step into to be an overcomer. He that overcomes. Meaning that not necessarily, I think, all will overcome. It would be great. And we need to pray for people that are weak in the faith. We need to pray for people that aren't overcoming right now. You know, I've seen some strong Christians during this whole pandemic thing wobble because of the speed and the scale of the rise of the Antichrist forces people that expected it preached about it for years but because it's all of a sudden it's it's now so isaiah 60 and these these studies that we're doing they're really meant to help you become part of the overcomer class and to encourage you to be an overcomer all right now 
Kelly Varner then says the ascended life is his life, the life of arising. In other words, arising to your mature place. There is that vertical rising aspect of it, but there's a stepping into part of it as well. You come to your full maturity. You come to the place God has called you to be. And that life, uh, as Kelly Varner says, this is wonderful teaching, is his life, the life of him who has already ascended. God doesn't want you to live through your trials. He wants you to rise above them and soar like an eagle above the storm, above the clouds, and just be someone who's impervious. Now you say, well, that's not, that's not easy. Well, sometimes it maybe isn't, okay? And listen, we're all uh, capable of allowing stuff to get on top of us. But as Kelly Varner says, he says, the secret of the ascended life is that we have ascended with him. He didn't ascend himself and then say, well, all the best guys, hope, hope you manage. No, no, no. He says, no, you're coming up here with me. If you choose to, that's what I'm saying here. It's available. It's, the door is open. There's an open door to step into the overcomer life. And you don't, you don't become an overcomer uh, by gritting your teeth and, and being tough. Well, you do, but that's what you do. But you become an overcomer by faith. You become an overcomer by saying, I'm that person, I can, I can handle this. Not, not in my own, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it's not in our own strength. It's not, well, this is for people who have got, you know, great self-discipline and strong willpower. God has given all of us a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. But he had to give it. It doesn't matter if in the natural you had, you know, strong willpower. Because, because the, devil, the devil can swat even the strongest of people like a fly. But if they walk in the strength of Christ. You know, Paul was a strong, strong uh, man steeped in the law, the oral uh, law. So he, he knew his Bible. He knew God in, in that intellectual sense and in knowing the law and in knowing the Torah and knowing the prophets. But he, he had to be broken. You know, if God's going to use you, you're going to have to be broken. Now, what I mean by broken is that he didn't you know, wipe you out uh, and, and you become a, a, a dish rag. I'm talking about broken in the sense of broken from relying on your own strength. Okay, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the people of Zion are pictured by these notable scriptural examples. There's the Joseph Company or the Benjamin Company. There's the Moses Aaron King Priest Ministry. There's David's Mighty Men. There's the Elijah Ministry. Uh, there's the, the Shulamite, the Saints of the Most High. Kelly Varner lists some of these things. Joel's Army, the Hundredfold Company, the Melchizedek Priesthood, some of you'll know about that. The Corporate Overcomer, the Manchild, Revelation, of course, um, and the Manchild Company, the 144,000, the First Fruits Company, and I would say the Perfect Man of Ephesians chapter 4. He says we can live far above the devil and demons, far above the circumstances of life. Isaiah chapter 16. Now I'm going to say this to you. And I'll probably repeat this as we do these studies on this wonderful chapter. Now, now just let me just say before I even do that, uh, Bill Johnson, 
is big on Isaiah 60, as being Isaiah 60 being for right now. And that's very much what I'm saying from a prophetic perspective. Isaiah 60 is where it's at. And that's why I would encourage this is what I'm about to say. Live in Isaiah 60. Seep, steep sorry, yourself in it. Seep, steep, whatever. Live in it. Dwell in it. Completely saturate your consciousness with this chapter. Read it all the time. I, I, I play it um, over and over on YouTube. Um, and I just, it just, it will fill you with faith. It will fill you with hope. And people need hope right now. People need a blueprint. Hope is a blueprint, of course. People need to see the purpose of God and then believe and, 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 and aim for that purpose. And Isaiah 60 will give you the template, the blueprint that God wants to happen, which is coming out of the darkness that we're in, the gross darkness uh, over the people. God wants to arise, us to arise, to shine, to, to show his glory in us, through us, and to lead others, to lead the nations. And so we need this. Um, now, he says this, we're not speaking in the mode of the previous order, the old wineskin. Okay, he says, we're not speaking in the mode of the previous order, striving to get the victory. That's what I'm trying to say. Being an overcomer is not you doing your best in the flesh. We're not putting this dominion into the future. So you can say, well, oh, right now I'm, I'm swamped, but in the future. Well, he says we're not doing that. The ascended life is the life of him who has already ascended. In other words, we step into the Jesus life. We step into the heavenly life. You know, as he is, so are we in this world. And and it doesn't mean, it doesn't say as he was. In other words, you know, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. Yes, but we're not, um, we're not trying to emulate the Jesus that walked by Walked the, the the Sea of Galilee, walked by the shores of Galilee, that lived um, among us. Um, he says, "Greater things than these shall you do, because I go to the Father, because I ascend." So, in other words, the life we're living now, you know, we're not trying to pull Christ down from above. What we're what we're, what we're trying to do, uh, not trying to do, what we're supposed to do, is live His life as He is now. In other words, as He has ascended. Uh, glorified, risen and ascended remember that old chorus glorified, risen, ascended he ascended, he rose from the dead he ascended and now he's glorified it's that Jesus that lives in us Christ in you the hope of glory Okay, the Jesus that came as the suffering servant he came as the atoning substitute for you and I but he's the glorified Lord now he's the risen and ascended one and he's glorified and he, he's, he's seated far above all principality and power. When he came to earth, he humbled himself and became lower. But as he is now, is, is who we are. That makes sense. Now, I, I love reading about Jesus and thinking about uh, him when he was on the earth and, and reading all that, those wonderful things. But he doesn't want you to, to be as he was then. He wants you to be as he is now. He died and rose and went to the Father so that you could walk in the fullness of power. Uh, with no holds barred, unlimited. Don't limit him. Don't limit him. He's limitless within you. He's the unlimited one. He's the infinite one. 
He's eternal, he's infinite, he's limitless. And he lives in you. And you're one spirit with him. And that's what Isaiah 60 is all about. Isaiah 60 written uh, many, many hundreds of years before Jesus walked the earth, but describing a people who will live in the last days, a last days company, a generation that will walk, that will that will have people bow to them. Now, whether that's metaphoric or literal, now, you know, we've seen literal bowing in recent times, but he says the purpose of God is about to you. Oh, and let me just say that, the devil knows that. And maybe some occultists, uh, your high-ranking people that understand, wait, this is common on the earth. We need to do something to clamp down on this. That's what's happening. Look around you, that's what's happening. They want to stop Isaiah 60 coming into fullness, manifestation, and the fullness of time. And that time is now. You and I are de destined to be the Isaiah 60 generation. Can we lose it? Maybe. Maybe by being neg neglectful by being slothful, by being fearful. But I don't want to lose it, and that's why we're having these uh, studies, that if, if you want to walk in Isaiah 60, it's time for us all to do it. We need to do it as a corporate body, not just one or two individuals. Some are, are walking in it. There have always been people walking in the powers of the age to come, or, or, or we would say it another way. They've walked ahead of their time. David walked ahead of his time. David was given a revelation of Jesus at the right hand of Yahweh a thousand years before Jesus walked the earth. And he was treated by God very much as a new covenant saint. The tabernacle of David was, was mainly New, new Testament worship. Now, Kelly Varner goes on to say, In Christ we have been called to live above all the junk and stuff. Let me say that again. In Christ we have been called to live above all the junk and stuff. There are lots of junk and stuff, aren't they? I have to encounter it. You'll have to encounter it because I think the devil throws as much junk and stuff at us as he possibly can. But we're called to live above it, not to live through it. So many people are trying to live through it. And, and, and they see themselves as noble and heroic or, or as pathetic. And, and let me just say they are pathetic. And, and I'm not knocking that. Listen, I've been there. But it's better to rise above. And it's not always easy. But let me tell you, if you, if, if you get into that place where you're living above it, and you only do that by arising. You only do that by rising. You see, arise doesn't just mean vertical rising, but it, but but when it continues, let's just read it. It says, "The glory of the Lord has risen upon you; the the Lord shall arise upon you; His glory shall be seen upon thee." Now, th this is about God rising upon us. But look at verse three: the the nations, the Gentiles, shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. When He rises upon you, you rise, and when you rise. It draws leaders, it draws kings, it draws people who don't have solutions, especially now in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic, or if you want to think about it as a plandemic, they don't have answers. Leaders don't have answers. Rulers don't have answers. Kings don't have answers. But you, when you rise up, they'll say, that man, that woman, they've got the answer. Don't know what it is about them. What is it? I'm going to go find out. If you believe this book, that's what's going to be happening. And it will be happening to you 
if you're walking Isaiah 69, you want to walk in soap operas, uh, rubbish movies, read trashy novels, whatever it is that you saturate your thinking with. If that's what you walk in, well, you're not going to be walking in this, but if you choose to walk in this, that's, that will be your reality. All right. So, and he continues, uh, Kelly Varner, and he says here, preachers, he's talking to preachers here, we cannot focus on these lower realms. Oh, my. Oh, glory. You know, uh, you're too heavenly minded for earthly good, that old saying, rubbish. You're no use to God, the kingdom, or, or earth, or anybody on earth, if you're not heavenly minded. You can't focus in lower realms. Our, our job is to pull people up. As it says in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 13, uh, to pull people out of their graves. You know, anybody that's walking around in the world right now that doesn't know Jesus is a dead man walking. You know, they're, they're, they're destined for the grave. They're destined for Hades. They're destined for the pit. And so our job is to... to Pull them out of that focus, an earthly focus. Just think about that word earth. That's what you get buried in. And for some people, they'll never rise above it. Think about that. If you die without Christ, you'll never rise above the earth, other than the day of judgment. And, and it, that's, that's, that's not the, the occasion that you want if you die in your sins. You know, we don't we don't preach what we used to preach. I feel a new liberty to preach along those lines now. And if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus, let me just say this. You're going to hell. So, no one wants to go there. You're, you're destined for the lake of fire if you continue in the path. You know, I, I'm not getting all Calvinistic, Arminian, I'm not getting into those arguments. I'm simply saying that if, if if you want to cry out right now to God that he'll save you, that he'll that He'll uh, save you from the pit and give you... Now, I never say it's going to be an easy life, uh, but he will give you eternal life. And it's a whole lot easier living in him and living for him and living with his life inside you than living with death inside you. Now, if that speaks to you and you don't know Jesus, invite him into your heart right now. They say, Lord, I know I've said, Father, I've, I've been a sinner. I acknowledge it. I believe Jesus died for me. And I, and I declare Jesus as Lord and ask that you come and live in my heart right now. And I just hope uh, that somebody responds to that. And if you need to do that, you do it. And I urge you to do it with everything in my, my being right now. Anyway, let's move on. And that's not just a by the way. That's... You know, for you, if, if you're not, if you don't know Jesus, that's the most important thing you'll have ever heard. All right. So he says here, we cannot speak from beneath. You get what you preach, and you preach what you are. If you're somebody who's living that under the barrel, and the, the barrels, you know, I'm I'm at the bottom of the barrel. I'm under the barrel. Everything's pressing down on me. If that's your life, then you need to get out from under the barrel and arise. And let the Lord rise upon you and let his glory shine upon you. And you need to be somebody who, who lives a victorious overcoming life. The faith that you have in you, if you're a Christian, is already world overcoming faith. 
First John chapter 5. This is the victory. Your faith. So start speaking faith. Start speaking victory. Don't speak, oh, I'd love to. I, I, that would be wonderful. Speak, I am. I am an overcomer. I am a victor. I am more than a conqueror. You say, well, I don't feel it. Feelings have nothing to do with this. This is who God has made you to be. Speak who he made you to be. Step into who God has called you to be. That's what you're supposed to do. And his glory will be seen upon you. We are to prophesy from the heavens. This is Kelly Varner's word, okay? And, and, and that's I'm quoting him. The place of the ascended life, life more abundantly. John 10, verse 10. We are to bring heaven to earth. And that's Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. And I've got in my notes here, don't live down there in Adam, live up here in Christ. That's, that's what it boils down to. Don't live down here in, the, in earthly things. Oh, oh, things are terrible. Oh my goodness me, the, the mark of the beast. Oh, what are we going to do, Lord? Live up there in Christ. Take dominion. As my good friend Stephen McKee says, we need to be reigning from the heavens. We need to be reigning and ruling in him. You know, and that's not just a mental exercise. It's a, it's a real thing. If you connect with the Lord properly in prayer, I tell you, things will change. Not just in your own personal life. You can change things in the nation. Remember Solomon prayed at the dedication of the temple. He says, if one man cries out, you know, if God's sent famine and pestilence and plague, and he says, if, if, things, if things go south, big time, and one man stands up and says, Lord, hear, O God. You know, I believe God answered that prayer. You know how I believe it? Because he flooded that temple with glory, with, 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 uh, with the glory of God. Fire. We need the fire and the glory of God to fill the temple today. The temple is a metaphor for our bodies Temple is a metaphor for for the house of God, which is the corporate church. So we need the glory to fill as individuals, but we also need it to do the glory to fill us corporately. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. That's John chapter 3, verse 31. Let's read that again. I mean, my glory to God. He that cometh from above is above all. Now, if you know him that's above all, that means because you're in him and he's in you, and you're one spirit with him, you're above all. You're above all. Because he's above all. That's why he keeps saying, the secret of ascended life is he's already ascended. You just have to say, I'm hooked up. You know, um, when mountain climbers climb up a mountain and they all hook on to each other, uh, you know, the, the problem is if one falls, they can pull others down with them. But there's that safety thing too. But but let me just say this, you'll never pull Jesus down with you. He'll always pull you up if you just hook on. Even if you don't have the strength to climb, <laughs> you just Lord, he'll, 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 he'll raise you up. It's all about raising up. Let me just say this to you. If, if, you, if you felt that, have you felt that? That pull upwards to, to, to be with him, to worship him, 
to, to be in his company, to be, that's because he's in you and he's always pulling you up. Your spirit, man. The, the only reason you're still walking around right now is because your, your body is holding your spirit man in. Because if, if it didn't, absent from the body present with the Lord, because your spirit man is drawn to him. So we're always pulled upwards. You read his word, we're pulled upwards. You worship him, we're pulled upwards. That's why you raise your hands. You uh, speak in tongues, you fellowship and commune with him. It's always upward, isn't it? Because he that is of the earth is earthly. And, and let me just say this, you, you can be the most holy and, and fervent believer and saint, but there's, there is that tug downwards, isn't it? You know, we, we, we have that battle that they will pull down to the things of this world, carnality, earthly, worldliness, we call it. But don't allow yourself to be pulled down. Don't speak of the earth. Speak of the one who is above all and of your connection and unity and your union with him. Get into teaching about union life and the ascended life and understand you can live above it all. You don't have to live in the doldrums. Arise, shine, for your light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. All the blessings of Isaiah 60, which we will look at in these studies. We're still just at the very beginning stages. All the wonderful things that are promised that we're going to look at and be absolutely thrilled by. But you have to position yourself. You could say, without doing any violence to text, position yourself and shine. Be where you're supposed to be. Step into your destiny. Step into the, the plans and purposes that God has for you. To be an agent of change. To change what you see around you. Take dominion over it. Um, I preached this the other night in connection, because I'm preaching Isaiah 60. I preached Psalm 149. Get into Psalm 149. Uh, we're not going to get into it here. We might get into it in our next lesson. It's a, it's a diversion uh, that, 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 that's not a diversion in a sense. It very much speaks into what we're looking at here. That the saints of God are called to take dominion in the earth over nations, over kings, over rulers, over the seven mountains, over all the things of this earth. The saints of God are called to take dominion. And we're given a two-edged sword. We're given this two-edged sword and the high praises of God to take authority and transform society, to change culture and bring a kingdom culture. All of these things are ours. He said, the ascended, this is Kelly Varner again, the ascended one and those who live the ascended life in him are above the cares of life. Stuff is not on top of us. We are on top of it. Let me just say that again. Stuff is not on top of us. We are on top of it. That's where you've been positioned. That's what God expects you. When he says arise, he's, it, it, you could say it this way. Let me paraphrase it. He's saying, all oh, that stuff's getting on top of you. You're living through stuff. You're surrounded by stuff. Junk, trials, the cares of this life. Arise. Rise above and, and shine. Be who you're supposed to be. Show people the victorious life. Show people the overcoming life. Show people you're more than a conqueror. Let me just live big in you. Just, just let me loose. That's what he's saying. 
That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what the Father's saying. Just let me live big in you. And when we do that, we will see the victory. Now, let's just say it then. I live from above. I live from heavenly realms of glory. Say those words. I live from above. I live from heavenly realms of glory. Keep saying it until the consciousness of who you are in him and where you are. Where are you right now? Are you walking around? Oh, my, what are we going to do? Or are you saying, well, you know, he's in control and I'm seated here with him. I'm enjoying the view from here. I'm looking down uh, and I'm seeing uh, what's going on. And let me just say this to you. My goodness me. Uh, this just, this just, and there was a time I wasn't allowed to say this. And I, I believe there's a time Paul wasn't allowed to say this. And that's a whole other message. But I'll say it now. You as a Christian are bi-local. Why? Because as he is, so are we. God the Father is, is bi-local. Didn't Jesus say, the Father and I will come and dwell in you? The Holy Ghost, he's in me, but he's also in you. And he, so he's multi-local. So in other words, you're not just walking around in your body encountering, you know, wherever you are, in Africa, America, Australia. That's not all of you is there. You're also seated with him in heavenly places. Now, I, 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 I will say it. Um, I remember Paul said when he, when he went to heaven, didn't know if he was in the flesh or in the body or not, he says, but I saw things that it's not lawful for a man to utter. I believe one of the things Paul saw when he went to heaven was he saw himself. I believe that's what he was talking about. Because later on, he, he, he spoke about we're seated with him. Later on in his life, he spoke about we're seated with him in heavenly places. So, but, and I remember when I first saw that and, and saw, well, if I'm with him in heavenly places, that's not just, well, that's a nice idea. That's a reality, spiritual reality. So that must mean if I'm as he is, then I'm by local, and so are you. Um, and it says in, in, in Scripture, God has put eternity in our hearts. So there is that connection, I believe, that as a spirit man, you can be by local. You're, you're in your spirit. You can be in more places uh, than one at the same time. And, and let me just say this to you. All of the teaching, or all of the, the discovery, should I say, in physics now, bear that out that you can actually have uh, even physical things or certainly subatomic particles in more than one place at the same time that that's that's the whole that's if you think about wormholes and things like that so if, it, if it's even something in the physical that can happen my and your spirit man is infinitely more real and, and has far more dimension to it than your physical body now, I'm not talking New Age weird stuff here. I'm saying if the Bible says I'm seated with him in heavenly places, that's, that's true. Or, or you're saying God's a liar. So there's a bi-locality that we have, a mystery, we can't fathom it out. But right now, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. But here I am sitting, delivering this message. And you're the same, but whatever you're doing. So we need to be more conscious of that aspect or part of us or whatever it is, the mystery of it, where we are right now in him. And that's, that's what he's saying. He, he says, come up hither, come up, rise up, arise out of that just total focus on earthly surroundings and start living from above. Start thinking of those things. 
He set your affection on things above. Now, even if that was all there was to it, that it was just set your affection or, or, or your focus or whatever, but, but there's a real dynamic mystery to this that the Christian is bi-local in that, yes, we're here on earth, we're encountering here on the horizontal plane, but we have that vertical communion and connection with him that, that literally means that there's, there's, there's something or some part about us that right now is seated with him. And that's why I think it, it, it's... And let, let me say, just say this. Jacob had that. He, he laid down and he said, I didn't know this place was, was the house of God. There's a portal here. And I could see angels going up and down. Now, he wasn't a born-again man, but even he had that... And, of course, then... Uh, Enoch was not, God took him and Elijah went up in the, the, the whirlwind and so there's, so the spirit realm there's a science to it it's not just you know, a sort of a wispy, ethereal unknowable you know, Casper the friendly ghost realm even though it's just the spirit realm is more real than this one it's not subject to change it's not subject to time it's not subject to moths, rust inflation, erosion, all of these things. You're not going to have, your, your sword never rusts. Um, so this book, that's why this book, this book will, will outlast everything. Maybe not the book, but the word. Do you understand? So we deal with eternal things. And all these things that we read about that, that are accessible and part of us, the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts, all these things, they're, they're, they're eternal things. Now, some of those things, um, you know, won't be needed in eternity. But let me just say this. Love will always be. And and herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. You can step into eternity. You can step into the eternal realm. You can walk up to God in the day of judgment with boldness. Why? You're not going to, oh, I'm, a, I'm a craven, cur, a sinner, that's who you were. Don't live in sin consciousness. You can have boldness in the day of judgment. Confidence. Why? Because as he is, so am I in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. If you don't walk in the consciousness of that, you'll walk in sin consciousness and darkness. And you'll not rise above that. You, you'll never rise above sin consciousness until you, you understand that you're supposed to. Of course, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but that was in Adam. And yet, as Christians, we still mess up, slip up, some of us badly. But grace is always available. We don't treat it lightly. We don't treat it frivolously. But we do say we're not going to be bound by that, and we're not going to be held down by that. We're going to rise and shine and let his glory flood our very being. I, I, I'm all about that. And I hope you are too. Isaiah 60. Being the Isaiah 60 generation. That's what God is calling us to be today. Uh, I'm not saying it's the only revelation. Or, but Isaiah 60 is a big part of what we're about. And it is of course written to a future generation in the end time. So it's exciting stuff. And and he mentions the isles here. In the King James Coastlands and maybe other versions. But he mentions the isles. And, um, well, I live in the British Isles, so I'm taking it. Hallelujah. It's mine.
I'm receiving it. An end time generation of God's people in the aisles. Hallelujah. That's me. I, I qualify. Uh, you might not live in the British Isles, but wherever. You still you can still qualify for being a big part of this. The end time Zion generation of God. This Isaiah 60 generation. The the Elijah outpouring. End time restoration. Whatever. There's, there's loads of names in scripture for this and men have tried to push into it and some have walked in part of it and we, we, we celebrate them today the Generals, the John Lakes the George Jeffries, the Smith Wigglesworths the, the Mariah Woodworth Etter wonderful but you know what God is looking for a corporate company a corporate body of man-child overcomers the manifest sons of God creations longing for Isaiah 60 people to step out of their shells of carnality and, and religion and tradition and all this the junk and say, I'm going to rise above all this stuff and be who God's called me to be. I'm going to be flooded with glory. I'm going to walk in the light. I'm going to be that end time uh, general. You know, let's just think about this. An army of John Lakes. An army of Smith Wigglesworth. That's what God wants. And way beyond even what... And, and you know what these men would say? Let it be way more than, than I walked in. So let's get excited. I'm excited. You maybe can tell. But let's press in. Let's arise. Step into that appointed place. Uh, present yourself. Position yourself. That's one thing the Lord has kept saying to me. He's looking for a people who will position themselves. Position yourself for awakening. Position yourself for outpouring. Position yourself for revival, for glory, for, for takeover for invasion of the seven mountains, for putting down. And, and let me just say this to you. Uh, I've shared it in previous messages. To be saying to Mystery Babylon, the, 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 sit down and shut up. Okay? The, the, the Chaldean, the, the, the daughter of the Chaldeans, sit down and shut your mouth. This isn't, this isn't your time. This is our time to shine. This is our time. It's not Babylon's time. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. That's your destiny. I'm not saying get all blase about things. You know, we're dealing with sacred things here. We're not just talking about strolling up and being, you know, we're, we have to be solemn about this stuff. But I refuse to be clamped down by Babylon, by Leviathan, by Antichrist, by the New World Order, by globalism, all whatever names it has. I refuse to be clamped down and locked down by this and God doesn't want us to be I don't believe you know if I'm going out I'm going out in a blaze of glory that's the way I look at it but I do believe we've still to see that great end time Elijah outpouring Shermoth a friend of mine just recently here in Scotland believing God for a million souls plus a lot have said to me plus more than a million and that figure is, is sort of been in different people's minds. Well, there's five, six million people in Scotland, so one million's not enough. I mean, it's going to be massive if it happens, when it happens. But what I mean by that is it's not enough. More than a million. Upwards of a million. A million is just the lowest figure. Where are you in the world right now, as in where do you live? You need to start believing God to get a vision for multitudes. Nations and multitudes are our destiny. 
and it's time that we accepted that and arise into our destiny. Step into your destiny and shine. That's God's message for you. So we're going to continue this study in Isaiah chapter 60. It's a wonderful, wonderful passage, chapter in the Bible. And we need to we need to saturate our minds and consciousness, fill up our spirit man with it, let it radiate through our body. In every dimension of life, be Isaiah 60 people, be the Isaiah 60 generation that will transform this planet and usher in a glorious age of the gospel and the kingdom of God. Till next time, the Lord bless you.